What up, what up, church? So glad you're tuning in, listening to this message. I want to encourage you. This message is probably going to provoke you to actually leave your house and go and give the gospel. This last week, we actually had our first ever service where we called it Go, and we encouraged the body to go and make disciples of all nations. So I encourage you, after this podcast, get in your car and go do the same. We love you guys. 15 minutes by faith. All right, here we go. I'm going to let the Word of God do most of the preaching today, but I'm going to fill in a few gaps for you and tell a story so that I can um, be in cooperation with the Holy Spirit to ready us all to go wherever He sends us. How many people are ready for that? How many people are not? Okay, there's a few. It's it's okay. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, and that no one comes to the Father except through me. One of, if not the biggest lie that the enemy has propagated in our world and it's not, univ- it's not um, unique to the place where you live. It is everywhere. It is one of, if not the biggest lie. And that lie is that if you're a good person, somehow you'll tip the scales and you'll end up in the right place. How many people grew up with that lie? Yeah, there are people in our city living that lie that we might be a part of breaking the truth through into their lives today. Let that sit in. At the end of Jesus' ministry, a verse that we quote over and over and over again is he's got his 11 disciples and he's gathered them together and he's getting ready to ascend. So this is after he's risen from the dead and he's walked for 40 days talking about the kingdom of God and he's getting ready to go back and It says in Matthew 28, verse 16, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Why is that important? Oh, that's an interesting way of looking at it. There's no not safe place. Why is it important that not only are the disciples hearing this truth, but so are we? So Jesus came and he, he, he demonstrated a lot of things and he taught us basically all the elements of the kingdom and he displayed them by the way he lived, Correct. But there was still one unanswered question that disciples were tripped up on all the time is that he kept saying, he's got to die. And they were thinking in the realm of eternal life. And so when Jesus comes back from the dead, he has conquered all things that were problems in the mindsets. And he still has for us today is all of the the questions and the doubts have actually been addressed. Whether we've wrestled with the ones that are active in our lives yet or not, I cannot speak to, but all of them have been answered. And so when he said it to them, he says it to us today that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. How many of you are living in the context of in Christ Jesus? How about I get a show of hands? Let's have some involvement today because you're going to get involved sooner or later. 
All authority in heaven has been given to Jesus. We are living in Christ Jesus. Jesus himself prayed a prayer in that upper room place when he said, Father, like you and I are one, I pray that they too would be one with us. We have the context of all authority in heaven and on earth. It has been given to Jesus, and when we follow the Spirit of God, we have access to those things. Not for our benefits or our purposes, necessarily, but for the plan that God has for us. And he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, that's a little misleading uh, when I'm talking about all of us hitting the streets. Can I tell you that all of you, when you go to the streets at whatever level you're going to go today, and I hope and pray that by the end of the service, you're all convicted by the spirit to go. But when you go, can I tell you something? You're not going to completely make disciples of anyone today. You're going to be a part of their process. That's important, okay? Because otherwise our minds are, are, are targeting or expecting something specific, and we can be, be upset, disappointed, discouraged. Do not let the outcomes of your, you know, your opportunities today affect your mindsets. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Um, unless you got like uh, your pickup truck full of water, probably not going to do that, although you might. And don't, please, don't do it in Congress Park because you, I may have to come bail you out. And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Now, that has the implications of relationship, right? Teaching people or having them be a part of church community and being taught as well, reading the Bible for themselves and letting the Holy Spirit teach, that context is also way bigger than just this afternoon. But they're going to see an example that they cannot deny as you and I hit the streets because we are going out and obeying what Christ has tasked us with. So therefore, the message that we bring to the streets is the message that we ourselves are walking in. Very powerful message. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Moving on, Acts chapter one, another end kind of meeting um, time with Jesus before he ascends. And in Acts chapter one, verse six, it says, they gathered around Jesus and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And, you know, Jesus just got supernatural patience because I've read all the gospels and I'm, if I was getting ready to like go and I prepared all the people to do what they were gonna do and they still asked me questions like this, I'd light somebody up. Yes. Have you heard nothing that I've said? <laughs> Aren't you glad I'm not Jesus? No, I mean, I understand because I found myself in similar places. It's, it's okay, but they're asking the same types of questions. And Jesus says, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Spirit, Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. Now, how do I know this scripture applies to us? 
Because in their lifetimes, on their best day, unless Jesus teleported these guys everywhere, they never reached the ends of the earth. That, that, that has been passed along generation to generation of believers, including you and I. We have power. Another scripture that says the Holy Spirit's bringing power. When you go out in your stories... There, are, there is a real high probability that if we listen and we follow the Holy Spirit, that he is going to do something powerful in people's lives today. And you've got to believe it so you go out expecting it. But do not manufacture it. That's a no-no. I know how easy it is for our zeal to just... So I want to read to you one section, and then I'm going to tell you one story, and then we're going to do a commissioning prayer. How's that? Here we go. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Philip, there's two Philips, at least two, at least two that we read about in Scripture. I just want to set the, the, the record straight. This is not Philip the Apostle. This is Philip the evangelist, who's actually one of the seven who was laid hands on along with Stephen to take care of the needs of the people so that the apostles could focus on teaching the word. Remember that, Stephen? He got stoned to death, and then everything scattered. And it says, with the exception of the apostles, they all scattered and went in different places. Philip is one of the ones that was scattered, and he finds himself in a different place. Although, if you remember, those seven were chosen because of what? They were full of the Holy Spirit. That was the qualification. Find these seven people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and we'll lay hands on them. Excellent. He said to the angel, said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip argued with the angel, why do you want me to go down there? No, it doesn't say that, does it? It actually says, so he started out. Can I tell you, this is what the, the, the word that the Lord has given me for like the last three weeks about today, is you need a starting place. Holy Spirit promises if we seek him, he'll tell us where to head, where to go. Not the whole transcript of what's going to happen today. He's going to tell you where to start. And if you're, you're like sitting in this place, and by the end of the service, you say, I still don't know where to start, you're going to have two things that are going to help you out. And I'll get to them in a second. Philip just went down to the road. He doesn't know why. He has just learned it's important when he hears and recognizes it's the voice of the Spirit to go. We would do well to learn how to do that as well. And today is a monumental day for some of you in this room. It's a monumental day for all of us. Yeah. He started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Now, if you're wondering if this is a traditional type Ethiopian who has been, <coughs> maybe, <laughs> quite possibly, yes. Because when they were assigned to high government officials, they would not, could not deal with sexual impropriety, and they dealt with it accordingly. 
This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. He's a Gentile, but he's going to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet. That tells you how connected he is to wealth, because not everybody had a copy of Isaiah just laying around. He's connected to somebody important. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Second thing, God has directed him. He just went on the premise of the first. I'm going to go down to the road. And while he's there, he sees something coming down. He says, now get near that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. I think Philip is beginning to understand why he's here. Today, I believe some, maybe many, will all of a sudden realize why God led them to where they are. The eunuch was reading the passage of scripture. He was led like sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. And as they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? I'm not going to read the rest because what happens is Philip basically says, there's no reason. Apparently God has led you to this point and he has given you that gift of faith to see Jesus on the cross from your perspective of a sinful man. And therefore your desire to switch places in life with letting sinful nature die and the, the life of Christ rise, we should do it right now. And they get down from the chariot. I'm uh, paraphrasing right now. And he baptizes them. And then the coolest part of this story, well, not coolest to me anyways, is that as soon as he's baptized, Philip actually gets teleported somewhere else. Sometimes cool things happen when you're walking in obedience. Yeah, and, and that story reminds me of a story that took place in my life some time ago, and Frank Garrow was with me, so Frank Garrow, raise your hand. Everybody, if you have other questions about this story, you can verify it with him down there. What is this? Someone else? Anywhere. So here's where we go. Frank Garrow and I and another friend of ours, Justin um, Law, our families used to fellowship a lot together. And something was brewing in our hearts. I don't remember all the context, but I remember um, me and Frank and Justin saying, we want to do something for the Lord. What are we going to do? We gathered our families here in the fellowship hall, which is now the Life Kids Center. We ordered pizza and we worshiped together for about 20 minutes. And then we began to pray, God, what do you, what do you want from us today? We want to do something in accordance with your will and your plan. And all he said to us was go downtown and pray on the streets. The only qualifying thing that I remember is he said, do not go down the side roads, stay on Broadway. That's what he said. He actually, that detail was what he spoke to me and Frank or Justin had said, we're supposed to go down here. So the Holy Spirit gave each a little part and we went down. 
And so we went down there, and I remember we're heading right, right towards Congress Park. We right past it, and then Justin's like, oh, I'll go find a place to park. And he turned his signal on and went to turn, and I'm in the back seat, and I go, no, don't go down the side roads. Remember that, Frank? I mean, it probably wasn't that dramatic, but it was. <laughs> don't go down there. And so we found a place to park on Broadway, and we just, in obedience, this is all we had. We just started walking up and down the streets praying, God bless this city. God, if you want to use us, we're out here. Simple prayer. We just had a starting place. We didn't know. Well, we met a young man that came up from Caroline Street, and yeah, he was loaded. And we got into a conversation that did not start out well. I could see headlines, elder of abundant life arrested. It was going badly at first. And I remember Justin trying to disarm the situation because he wanted money from us to take a taxi home. We weren't buying that. Justin said, do you know why we're out here? And the young gentleman said, no. And he said, we're out here praying for our city, praying for people like you. This is what came out of that young man's mouth. You guys are effing Christians. And I was like, here it goes. <laughs> but yeah. And he said, so am I. Didn't look like that. But here's the door that opened this young man started to almost immediately repent in the presence of God. Guys, I lied to you. I don't need money. I just wanted more money to go drink. And, and I, you know, we asked him about his church and I've just been disconnected from the church. And I said, brother, all of that can be changed right now. Can we pray for you? We're on the corner of Broadway and Hutchins. I mean, um, Caroline Hutchins is over here. Yeah. And we're on the corner, and it's a fr- I think it's a Friday or Saturday night. I can't remember. It's busy. There's people all around, you know, milling around. And this guy used to go, yeah, please pray for me. So we all held hands up on top, and we're just, you know, we're trying to do the, the reserve Christian thing. Like, Lord, we just pray for this young man. And he is like this. I'm not exaggerating. You can ask Frank. He's like, oh, God, I need you. <laughs> Screaming in the middle. I mean, to the point where I'm like, I'm getting uncomfortable. But the power of God was there. I mean, you're like, you're, you're going in and out. Like, God, I, I love this, but I hate it. And he just kept crying out to the Lord. Long story short, quick prayer of this gentleman. We said, you know, plug back in. Get, get engaged with your church community. Thanks, brothers. Gave us a hug. You, do you need money for a cab? No, I got plenty of money. And he departed. That was it. I, I'm believing some good things beyond that experience happened to that young man. I'm believing in faith. He's connected somewhere in faith. I don't know it, but I saw what God did on his behalf, and I'm believing he was humble and contrite in that that night, and he did it. You don't have to do anything. Just be a part of what God has. And if it's not monumental, it doesn't matter. Your obedience is pleasing to God, and it puts yourself out there for not just today, but for things down the road. Noah brought up a scripture in prayer, and it was my closing um, scripture in Romans 10. Romans 10 starts debating, like, how can somebody be saved if they've never believed? How can someone be preached if they've never been sent? And the closing um, piece of that scripture is a, is a quote from Isaiah 52, and he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Beautiful 
are the feet of obedience that go out into the world to share the good news of the gospel. I'm just going to encourage you all right now to stand to your feet. I want to commission us all right now, including myself. The ministry teams, as soon as I finish praying, will be up here. If you're looking for a place to start, they will pray with you. I believe God will speak to your starting place. And there's also two individuals that will be standing up here, and I'll point them out as soon as I close in prayer. They are going to wait for a period of time. If anybody desires to go with somebody that's kind of more mature and experienced in going out into the streets, these two people are ready to take on some disciples for today and head out wherever the Lord sends you. So we have all kinds of possibilities for everyone in this room. So if, if you could with me, and I'm going to do this. I encourage you to raise your hands to the Lord right now and surrender. Lord, we commit our lives to you once again. Not because it's a special Sunday, but because this is what you've asked of our lives. And so God, regardless of how we've lived up to this day, we can only make a decision for right now. And Lord, I pray that in the hearts that have turmoil, that you would bring peace so that they would have boldness to declare, I'm going. God, for those that are excited, I pray for great detail and wisdom as to how their journey begins. But as we raise our hands and surrender to you right now, Holy Spirit, we just say, your will be done above and beyond our desires and preference so that, Lord, one, you would be pleased by the obedient worship offering we give you. And two, our expectations, God, are yours to mold and fashion so that, Lord, our opportunities, our ventures, and our journeys are fruitful, fruitful in your eyes, not ours. Forgive us when we have built upon our reputations instead of your kingdom. God, let today be a new monumental day in all of our faiths. And as we lift our hands, we all declare it's your will and not ours. And everybody said, amen. It is time to go. Wow, I think we just witnessed a miracle. PG gave a sermon in probably in under 23 minutes. We were shooting for 15, but we all, you know, we live, we live under grace now, right? Okay. Well, I just want to encourage you guys, don't let uh, this last Sunday be the only time. Um, it was meant to be a spark in us that we need to continue this. Plug this into your everyday life when you're at Stewart's, when you're at your job, when you're walking around the park with your kids. Simply live out the gospel and make disciples. We love you guys so much. We'll see you next week.